who art thou, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel thou shalt become a plague, and he shall bring forth the headstone thereof, with shoutings, crying, Grace, grace unto it. Shouts of Grace Center brings you pure and undiluted word of God from the impeccable throne of grace. Be blessed as you listen. takes the glory, no man takes the honor for it's on all the glory to you we thank you consciously and deliberately we turn all the glory to you because we know you are the Lord we know you are here with us this morning you are anointing us all over this place, your presence is here we can sense it we thank you for what you are about blessed be your holy name in Jesus' mighty name, we pray and everybody say, Hallelujah! you around. Welcome them to this beautiful service. Tell them it's going to be a glorious one. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen and amen. If you don't have any business at the back, I'd like you to sit in the audience. I don't want any movement during the sermon time. You'll be disciplined. Sermon time is not for anybody to go and be weaving. Okay? All the weaving are around there now. Once the sermon starts, you want order and spiritual decorum. Hallelujah. We have to give that honor to God. We just have to give that honor to God. Say, so let everything be done in decency and in order. Today is not just our Thanksgiving service. Today is our first fruit service as well. Glory to God. It's a Sunday we want to honor God. And February, I mean, 2020 is taking off already. <laughs> Glory to God. Like one joke I saw on WhatsApp. The guy pointed like, see, I see, first day of February, we are already in the weekend. January, see your life. <laughs> I mean, the year is on the go already. And it's interesting because God has helped us as a church to be able to find one or two things we should do practically in order to position ourselves for his blessings 
maximally in our lives. It's one thing to say, you are blessed, you are blessed, and then you go home and then you are not blessed, and you wonder what's going on. It seems like the pastors are lying. You see, but you have to come to an understanding that, yes, you are blessed, but there are always conditions. There are things to do. God is not a passive God in that sense. He's an action God. Every time he's reeling out instructions that will benefit your life and destiny. You ignore them at your own detriment. You obey them and you are blessed and you advance. There has never been any blessing that God has gotten across his people without an instruction. The condition is always there. If you will, if you will, if you will. Most of the time what the devil does is to bring you against the truth. The Bible declares that it is the truth that you know and that truth is what will set you free. In other words, anything aside from the truth will put you in bondage. So what the devil does is to bring lies. Things that are appealing to the ears, but they are actually not true. And the moment you embrace them, you literally stop what God is about to do. But that will not be your portion in Jesus' name. Just as God has spoken that this year is our year of supernatural speed, that is what you are going to experience in the name of Jesus. Now we want to get into the scripture and see some things. Uh, I believe it's going to bless you. Uh, in Psalm 114, the Bible declares that when Israel went out of Egypt, the house of Jacob from a people of strange language, Judah was his sanctuary and Israel his dominion. The sea saw it and fled. Jordan was driven back. The mountains skipped like ramps and the little hills like lamps. What hither thee, O thou sea, that thou fledest? Thou Jordan, that thou was driven back. Ye mountains that you skipped like ramps. Ye little hills like lamps, tremble thou as at the presence of the Lord, at the presence of the God of Jacob, which turned the rock into standing water, and the flint into a fountain of waters. So that scripture begins to tell us that when Israel went out of Egypt, these are the things that happened. And we need to pay attention to it because Israel is a type of the modern day church. It's a type of the church. And what is saying, like, look, when Israel went out of Egypt, this and this and this are what happened. It's telling us to pay attention to what happened to Israel. Because that is the thing that will also be replicated in our lives in order for us to move from Egypt to our Canaan land. Is somebody with me? So Israel is a type of the believer that has been called out of his old life of slavery and servitude. Out of bondage. In, out of pain and agony into a life of endless joy and freedom in God. That is what Israel is. It's a type of the believer today. So we need to pay attention to what happened to Israel. When Israel left Egypt, what are the things that happened? We need to go back there and study it out because God is using the experience of Israel, which is a type and shadow, to bring about the substance, which is this dispensation we are in right now. So everything that happened in, in uh, the children of Israel and all the Old Testament, they were a type and shadow of the prophetic of the future. That is the time of Jesus and the time that we are here. In other words, you don't discard the Old Testament. No, you actually use the New Testament to interpret the Old Testament and bring about a balance. When Jesus, uh, at a certain time, there was, it was on the Mount of Transfiguration. And Moses appeared to him and Elijah appeared to him. Those were the two people that died 
in a very spectacular way and nobody knew where the burial grounds were. In fact, the Bible says God himself buried Moses. That was how important it was because the devil was contending for his dead body. Can you imagine? So God himself buried him and nobody knew his burial site till today. The burial site of David and all of them are known, but not Moses. And Elijah, of course, we know was caught up by fire. So those two people appear to Jesus Christ because there is nothing Jesus Christ will do by discarding the Old Testament. So the two principal figures in the Old Testament have to appear to him to encourage him to go to the cross. Are you following me? So much glory was present there that Peter said, let's make Tabernacle here. We don't want to go again. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So, now, Israel has been in bondage for 430 years. Many generations have passed. It's almost becoming a permanent situation for them. But God still brought them out. Why would God do that? That is the bone of our contention this morning. God used Moses to bring the children of Israel out of Egypt. God used Jesus to bring you and I out of a life of unbelieving to a life of believing in God. I want to submit, therefore, that the same reason why God brought the children of Israel out of Egypt is the same reason why God brought us out of our former life. Are you following me this morning? Now, there are so many similarities. In order for, in order for me to establish this more, that we can actually pattern what is going on now to what went on with Israel and Egypt, their experience. We find in the scripture there are so many similarities between Moses and Jesus because their assignment was a shadow. One was a shadow, the other was a real substance. So let's begin to see some of those uh, similarities. During the time of Moses, Pharaoh ordered a mass killing, a mass killing of every Hebrew baby under the age of two years. How many of us remember that story? The same time, in the time of Jesus, King Herod ordered a mass killing of every Hebrew baby under the age of two years old. Are you with me? Moses was born without a shelter. Jesus was born without a shelter. Moses received ten commandments from the God on Mount Sinai. Jesus reinterpreted the ten commandments on the mount. The Israelites experienced 400 dark years of bondage in Egypt until Moses was born and came to rescue them. The nation of Israel experienced 400 dark years of silence from God until Jesus was born and came to save them. You can begin to see Jesus, Moses. Moses went through the wilderness and was doubtful to God before he began his ministry to redeem the Israelites. Jesus went through the wilderness and was tempted by Satan. Moses was royalty in Egypt. Before he left that position of power and royalty to come and save the children of Israel, Jesus was royalty in heaven before he left that place to come and save us. Moses parted the rest to Jesus, came the Sea of Galilee. Are you following me here? Moses chose 12 spies and sent them to the promised land. Jesus chose 12 disciples. Moses pleaded that God would feed the thousands of Israelites so they wouldn't die in the desert. So God answered his prayer and miraculously provided manna. Jesus pleaded that God would feed thousands of followers so that they wouldn't starve in the countryside. God answered his prayer and Jesus miraculously provided bread and fish that they couldn't possibly finish. God's covenant was first given to Moses. God's covenant is finalized in Jesus. Moses is the author of the Lord. Jesus is the author of our faith. Can you see? Moses was the first mediator. Jesus is the final mediator. Moses held up a pole with a snake on it when the people were attacked in the wilderness and said, whosoever looks upon this will be saved. Jesus was held upon the cross and said, whoever looked upon him will be saved. Glory to God. Moses turned water into blood. Jesus turned water into wine. 
Glory to God. Moses was with God 40 days without food. Jesus was with God in the wilderness 40 days without food. So you can begin to see that when the Bible says in Psalm 114, when Israel left Egypt, he is trying to communicate to us that go back to their story. There is something that happened to them you need to learn from there. Because what brought them out is what will bring you out. Are you following me here? A lot of people will say, hey, this thing, this thing is Old Testament. No, 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 no. You can't throw the Old Testament away. What, what the Old Testament did was to bring the law. What New Testament did was to bring the grace. But for without the law, there wouldn't be need for grace. It was the presence of the law that ushered in the grace. Are you following me? So having established that, let's now begin to see three major reasons why God brought the children of Israel out of Egypt. Three major reasons. It's also the three major reasons why you are saved. You need to pay attention to those reasons and go back to ensure that those three reasons are part of your life in order for you to get to your Canaan land. Please let me attend to those kids. We will soon build their Sunday school. Praise God. So, number one, number one reason why the children of Israel left Egypt is to hold a feast. Come on, say feast. Let's see Exodus 5, 1. The Bible says, afterward, Moses and Aaron went in and told Pharaoh, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, Let my people go, that they may hold a feast unto me in the wilderness. The one major reason why God asked the children of Israel to leave is to hold him what? Say it with me what? A feast. What does it mean when you say a feast? Give me the next. Now look at it. The Hebrew word for feast, for feast is pronounced as kogag. That's the spelling, but it's kogag when you want to say it. So it means to move in a circle, to march in a sacred procession. To observe a festival, to celebrate, to dance, to keep a solemn feast of, or holiday, and to reel to and fro. Now I was meditating on this. What, what has this got to do with us today? A feast, a feast, a feast. To move in a circle. The Holy Ghost told me while I was meditating on this, that the life of a believer is actually a circle. Are you with me here? It's actually a circle. It's a non-ending chain of worshipping, praising, giving, honoring. You don't stop. When you stop, you break the circle. It's a non-ending circle. That's what the feast is. It's a non-ending circle of honoring God all your life. You know, sometimes as believers, we, we love something more fanciful like uh, triangle, parallelogram, trapezium. No, those ones sounds better. And you say, what's your name? You say, I'm, I'm Brother Trapezium. It sounds better than Brother Saku. Saku Bao. But your life is a circle. You are not to stop worshipping, praising. Pray, honoring God. He don't stop coming to church. It's a non-ending circle. That's, you, are, and you see, the circle 
there's a tendency for you to get monotonous and boring. So God said, part of it is also dancing. To dance. To reel to and fro. You see, you reel to and fro. It's a, when you reel to and fro, it's almost like somebody who is drunk. Are you following me? Well, no matter how you reel to and fro, you stay on that circle. Oh, if somebody is not here with you. Exodus 5 1, the message translation. It says, After the Moses and Aaron approached Pharaoh, they said, God, the God of Israel says, Free my people so they can hold a festival. You see the word festival. A life of joy. A life of gratefulness. Not one dull moment. Not a life of depression or despondency. Loving God with joy in your heart, not with memory and complaints. Doing everything you are doing, honoring Him. Sacred procession. It's not a mournful tragedy. Sacred procession. It's, a, it's, just, it's just what God wants. In Isaiah chapter 12 verse 3, He said, Therefore with joy, you will draw water out of the wells of salvation. So you are saved. Now you want to get the benefit of redemption, of being saved. He said, you are going to need joy. Joy is the drawer. With joy, you will draw water out of the wells of salvation. See, the word salvation is sozo in Hebrews. It means protection. It means uh, prosperity. It means uh, uh, about five different meanings. And all of that redemptive package. Alright? He says, it's with joy. So you can begin to understand when God says, I need them to leave so that they can hold a feast. Come on, say feast. It's a joyful spirit. And worshipping God and honoring Him. Doing it with joy. Whatever you do without joy can truncate the results that are meant to come. The little you do with joy can bring massive results. It has to be with joy. That's no wonder the Bible says, the, the Bible declares that God loves a cheerful giver. Somebody who is giving with joy. Are you following me here? Sacred position, position, procession, rather. That's another meaning of the word feast. You need to understand that swimming pool side party is not a sacred procession. There's a difference between night party and night vigil. Are you following me? In Exodus chapter 10 and verse 9, Moses said, We will go with our young and with our old, with our sons, with our daughters, with our flocks, with our herds, will we go? For we must. Come on, say must. Look at the, look at the words Moses was using. Was telling Pharaoh, we mo- Look, this is not negotiable. We must. Your life as a believer must be a life of joy before you can enjoy the blessings of God in the maximum. We must hold a feast. No mournful atmosphere around me. A feast. Glory to God. Somebody say, why why are you happy for nothing? No, a feast unto God. Because there's always a rejoicing before the rejoicing. People are waiting to rejoice when they, share, when they have a testimony. No, it is the rejoicing that will bring the rejoicing. It is the rejoicing you do in faith when there's nothing. 
that will bring something to now actually cause a rejoicing before the people. One of the most powerful dances you, have, you will ever do in your life is not the one you do in church. It's the one you do at home in the presence of God. Holding a feast before him. You wake up with a feast every morning. Glory to God. You don't, you don't wake up with, ah, are you in the... I want to die You wake up with a feast. You wake up with glory to God. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Today will be good. You wake up with those declarations with a feast in your heart. Are you following me? If you notice, the devil is always attacking your feast. He doesn't want you to be happy. So number one reason why the children of Israel had to leave Egypt. After 400, I mean, after 430 years, you want to just leave them there. No, God said, no, no, no. They must. I need them to hold that feast. That feast is not for you, it's for God. In Zephaniah 3.17, the Bible declares there that God will joy over you with singing. There's a level of feast and worshipping and praise you get to that God joins you, actually. And I think that was hap- what happened to Paul and Silas. Is it Peter and uh, what's, what's their name now? Paul and Silas. They were in prison. The Bible says in the midnight, they began to worship God. They began to sing and pray unto the Lord. And the Bible declares that when they were singing, the prisoners had them. Look, they say, when you sing on your own, there are different types of songs. You know, there's a song somebody can sing and you can slap the person. Like the person uses this song to abuse you. If you are from Yoruba side, you know, you understand what I'm saying. Or polygamous home. And one, one wife is using song to... How many of you know what I'm talking about here? <laughs> no, it's not those kind of songs. The Bible says the prisoner had them. They were in pain, but they were singing. Message translation said they offered a robust praise unto God. The praise, the feast is robust. Some praise are not robust. That's not robust. Robust. Hallelujah. Some of you are not expressing before God. You are praising God. No, 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 no. Let it be robust. Tap your neighbor. It has to be robust. I mean, you want to go and eat. They, they told you that there's a restaurant. That restaurant is powerful. Their food is very good. Even though it's expensive, but it's good. And you, 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 do, you really didn't bloody care. As long as it's good. So you go there, we'll have a 5K for a plate of food. And then they serve you the food. And they put this thing. Looking chicken on the rice. And you're like, what? This is what I paid for. You are going to complain. Please change this thing. And then if they bring, okay, they bring another and say, we're very sorry. And then they put a robust one. Then you smile. God wants a robust praise. Hallelujah. That's a feast. A feast typifies, present a picture of some, a, a festival. Something that is beautiful around. Not 
mournful environment where everything is so sad. Are you following me? Glory to God. Come on, say feast. What's the second reason why the children of Israel left? Let's check out. The second reason is that they want, God wants them to serve him. To serve God. Now look at Exodus chapter 8 and verse 1. The Bible says, And the Lord spake unto Moses, Go unto Pharaoh. Say unto him, Thus saith the Lord, Let my people go that they may serve him. If you study that scripture very well, in the Exodus, the whole of Exodus, you see that God was interchanging feast, serve, and then the third one we're going to consider. He was using those three words at different points in time. But those are the three major things. Are you following me? So old what? The second one? Sorry. In Exodus chapter 1 and verse 14, it says they made their lives bitter. Oh no, let me, let me read um, uh, verse 13 first. Exodus 1 13. The Egyptians made the children of Israel to serve with rigor. So that makes me to understand that there's no middle ground in serving. You are either serving God or serving the devil. So these people were serving the Egyptians, made them to serve with rigor. And God said, no, that's not the service I want you. I want you to serve me. So somebody in church, refuses to join any unit, just come and go. Say, no, I don't want to serve God. I don't want to join any unit. But you're actually serving, really. There's no sitting on the fence. You're either serving the Egyptians or God is calling you on the other side to come and serve. There's no neutrality. And like, I don't want, I need like six months to decide. I don't want to serve right now. No, you are serving something. Every, every you, may, you could be serving your Facebook, serving social media, serving your belly, serve, but you are serving every time. But understand that the plan of God is that He's calling you to come and what? Serve Him. Look at Exodus 1.14. They made their lives bitter with hard bondage. In mortar, in brick, in all manner of service in the field, all their service, wherein they made them serve, was with rigor. Hmm. Exodus 4.23. God speaking here. I say unto thee, let my son go. Talking about Israel. That he may what? Serve me. And if thou refuse to let him go, behold, I will slay thy son, even thy firstborn. So, Somebody says he wants to serve God. Don't be a hindrance to that person. Don't say, there's really no need now. Must you serve? See what God said to those who want to hinder them from serving. That's how important service is to go. I'm saying some people should come and serve me. You are saying they won't go. I will kill your firstborn. Are you following me here? In verse 20, look at it. And the Lord said unto Moses, Rise up early in the morning and stand before Pharaoh. Lo, he cometh forth to the water. Say unto him, Thus said the Lord, Let my people go that they may serve me. You see what God did? After Moses has gone and gone, he said, Go again. He said, He's coming out. The first, let, him be, let, him, let it be that he's, he's, he's your voice will hear the first thing in the morning. Go and meet him. Early in the morning, let my people go that they may serve. Look at verse 25. You shall serve the Lord your God and he shall bless thy bread. Come on, say amen. Amen. 
and thy water. Come on, say amen. amen. And I will take sickness away from the midst of thee. What is God trying to say here? Service is a covenant. When you serve me, I will bless your bread. I will bless your water. And I will take sickness away from the midst of thee. Glory to God. I said glory to God. I will bless thee. Come on, say I'm blessed. Number three. Number three is sacrifice. Number one is what? Number two is what? Number three is what? The literal meaning of the word sacrifice means to slaughter. Something you kill. Something has to die. Except the corner of wood falls down and die. It abides alone. In Exodus chapter 3 verse 18, it says, They shall hearken to thy voice. Thou shalt come, and thou and the elders of Israel, unto the king of Egypt, and you shall say unto him, The Lord God of the Hebrews hath met with us. And now let us go, we beseech thee, three days journey into the wilderness, that we may sacrifice. The first thing to hold the feast, the second thing to serve, the third and the final thing to sacrifice. Hmm. Again in Exodus chapter 8 and verse 8, Pharaoh called for Moses and Aaron and said, Entreat the Lord that he may take away the frogs from me and from my people, and I will let the people go that they may do sacrifice unto the Lord. Now, move to Exodus 10.21. Let me establish something there. Exodus 10.21. It says, The Lord said unto Moses, Stretch out thine hand towards heaven, that there may be darkness over the land of Egypt, even darkness which may be felt. Now, what is happening here is that Pharaoh refused to let the people go. So, one more time, God said, Look, stretch your hand, so that there will be darkness. There will be darkness. Okay? In verse 22, Moses stretched forth his hand towards heaven and there was a thick darkness in all the land of Egypt three days. They saw not one another, neither rose any from his place for three days. But all the children of Israel had light in their dwellings. And Pharaoh called unto Moses and said, Go ye, listen, serve the Lord. Only let your flocks and your hearts be stayed. Let your little ones also go with you. In other words, we want to let you go now. Bye-bye. But don't go with your hearts and with your flocks. And yet, the major reason God is calling them to go, one of the major reasons is to what? To sacrifice. Now the devil is saying, through Pharaoh, release them. But what they will use to sacrifice, let them leave that behind. He knew their life is nothing without that sacrifice. So let's release them to go. They will soon come back to beg. Without the sacrifice. So, Pharaoh was negotiating with them. Hey, oh, yeah, 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 be going, be going. Don't touch the flocks and their hearts. But it's the flocks and their hearts that will be used. And that is what the devil is doing for most believers today. Uh, he wants to be a believer, let him be a believer. But let's make sure he remains poor. And even when they talk about seed or false fruit or tithe, he, he, he will be irritated. They are, because he will not have anything. And what will make him to begin to have, let, me, let him not have to give. Are you following me here? 
So when you go on social media and see people like going about ties, about offering, those pastors are thieves, they are watching your head, blah, blah, blah. Take note. People that are right there are people who don't pay ties. You will never see a child of God who pays ties to go and contribute there. Why? He's already enjoying the benefit of tithing. Look at all the testimonies that were being shared. Look at all the testimonies that were being shared. Are you following me here? Verse 25. Moses said, Thou must give us also sacrifices and burnt offerings. That we may sacrifice unto... If we go and we don't sacrifice, who's the point? See, the life of a believer... Without sacrifice is nothing. Jesus said, look, you want to follow me? Carry your cross. Die daily. Sacrifice. If you don't embrace sacrifice as part of your journey as a believer, listen to me, you have not started. Moses said, no, 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 no. We, we can't go like that. So, what? Are we going to kill ourselves from sacrifice? No. No. And that is the, one of the ways you negotiate with God in the place of prayer. That God, I want to continually give sacrifice. You give a seed to the sower. Are you with me? Verse 26. Our cattle also shall go with us. He said, there shall not an oof be left behind. Not one, one dime will be left behind. We will go with it. Are you following me? Imagine if they are not left with their flocks and their hearts. Do you know how those people sacrifice? Massive flocks at a time. Imagine if they didn't allow you to go. What will most, uh, David in the nearest future sacrifice unto God? You are saying I should go, but I should leave what I need to advance my life. I should leave it behind. I know. And that is the same card that the devil is still playing today. You are comfortable with every message except giving. When it comes to giving, your body does like this. Until deal and only. And yet, that is the secret to your advancement. Read your Bible very well. Seed, time, and harvest. He said, as long as you are seeing the sun, light, Night and day. That law is universal. Doth, will a farmer go to his farm to go and harvest cocoa when he didn't plant it? So Moses said, not an oof be left behind. For thereof must we take to serve the Lord our God and we know not with what we must serve the Lord until we come here. In other words, we are taking everything out of there. Let me address the next question. What should be the quality of our sacrifice? Deuteronomy 15, 21. He said, if there be any blemish therein, if it be lame or blind or have any ill blemish, thou shalt not sacrifice unto the Lord. In other words, it won't be accepted. Are you following me? No blemish. Sacrifice is not okay. The service gives sacrifice. Okay, 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 okay. You transfer 200 naira. That's no sacrifice. That's no sacrifice. Sacrifice means to slaughter. Something that dies. 
and listen to me is your way forward. It's your way forward. It's your way forward. I gave my car to the church, remember, last year. Sold off the car. Enough money. Enough money to buy a couple of air conditioners. And we're going to buy it because when you say you, I give the car to the church. So the money comes back to the church after the car is sold. And believe you me, that was sacrifice for me. Sacrifice. I wanted to write 200,000. <laughs> and the Holy Ghost spoke to me, no. You have given that figure before. That's not your sacrifice. Now I sold the car. And I called the guy that would bring us air conditioners from Lagos. And it's to come the following day. And God spoke to me. My wife already told me, but I refused to listen. So God spoke to me. He said, no. Take that seed. Are you following me? And go and give it to a higher ministry as a sacrifice. I said, ah, ah. Ah, ah. <laughs> but you listen to what God says. Sometimes what God says doesn't make sense to you. It's when the harvest comes, you say, Ooh. Are you following me? But as soon as we gave that offering, the first thing God began to do is that He just opened the heavens over the church. I'm telling you the truth. He just opened the heavens over the church. He just opened the heavens over the church. Several of you right now, you are making money around middle of February. Several of you. Through the idea that God showed me, and I told, told you about it. God, he said, look, when you do this thing, I will open the heavens. And listen to me, the car we gave as a seed, that I gave, we gave it personally as a seed to the church. We are expecting harvest. Then the church gave it as a sacrifice. That's a double blessing. It's a twice sown seed. Our harvest cannot be denied. Because by the time we are sowing the sacrifice the second time, it's no longer our sacrifice. It's the sacrifice of the church. And so that harvest, you are part of that harvest. And you are receiving that harvest in Jesus' name. Are you following me here? That's how things work in the kingdom. How much should I, or let me answer this for us, where should sacrifice go to? Hmm. Some people say, eh, I pay my tithe, but I usually give my tithe to the poor. Stop that. You are not following scripture. You want to give to the poor, you give to the poor. Your tithe comes to God. Are you following me? You don't say, eh, if there is somebody who is suffering on my street. He's, he's, he needs the money better than the church. You are contradicting scripture. Pay your tithe to the church. Go and give to the poor. There are two different things. Giving to the poor is even from paying your tithe. Are you following me? Where should sacrifice go? Deuteronomy 16.2 Thou shalt therefore sacrifice the Passover unto the Lord thy God of the flock and the herd. In the place which the Lord shall choose to place his name there. Wherever you are eating from, wherever you are meeting God from time to time, that is the place your sacrifice goes to. Are you with me? 
Why is sacrifice so powerful? In Psalm 50 verse 5, gather my saints together unto me. Those that have made a covenant with me by sacrifice. In other words, when you give sacrifice to God, it is a covenant with God. It's a covenant arrangement that gives you the right to go before God and say, Lord, before, because I have done this and I've done this, therefore, I need this from you. How much should I sacrifice? Leviticus 22:29. When you will offer a sacrifice of thanksgiving unto the Lord, offer it at your own will. Are you following me? In other words, God will speak to you what to give as a sacrifice of first fruit. There is no percentage. There is no big or small. But God will minister to you. And you will know within you if this is really a sacrifice or not. So when people are giving sacrifice or first fruit, you see some people give the entirety of their, their, their first salary in the year. You see some people give half of it. Is as God ministers. Are you still with me? Let's look at a few people. Elijah in 1 Kings 18.36. He was going to call down fire. There was a contention between evil and light. Look at what the Bible says. It came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice. Elijah was very, very smart. He wanted to call down fire. But he knew the best time to get the attention of God is the time of sacrifice. Not just any time. He knew that for God to do something supernatural beyond the natural, uh, it's at the time of sacrifice I can get the attention of God. So he, was, he, told, the, he told the other side, he said, go and call upon your own God first. I give you a lot of time. Go on. Those ones started calling upon their God. Calling down fire. The Bible says, go to a stage, they caught themselves with their knife in order to call their gods. The God refused to answer. Then Elijah came to mock them. He said, maybe he has gone on errand. Or he traveled. Or he quickly went to greet his friend. I give you more time. Call him down. The God refused to show up. Then at the time of the evening sacrifice, Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, of Israel, let it be known this day that thou art God in Israel, and that I am your servant, and I have done all these things at thy word. Go on. Go on to the next slide. Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that these people may know that thou art the Lord God, and that thou hast turned their heart back again. Then the fire of the Lord fell, and consume what? Uh-huh. The fire responded to sacrifice. Burnt the sac- consumed this burnt sacrifice, and the wood, and the stones, and the dust, and licked up the water that was in the trench. That fire licked the water. Oh, why? See, God came in a powerful way because of sacrifice. When God sees sacrifice, God responds. Are you following me here? Can I tell you why I'm so blessed? We give our life as sacrifice to ministry. When it didn't look like anything was going to happen. And the devil will come and fill my mind as a, as a student, 400 level student, and God is calling me to ministry. He will fill my mind with memories of a church that there are three people there with benches and the roof is leaking. And I'll be afraid again. Say, huh? And you're a brilliant boy. But I knew God's call was there. So I made up my mind. And I told my wife, I said, it's likely we are in full time ministry today. 
so that if you don't want to do now, let's settle it. Ah, you marry somebody now, one year after, he said, Mini Kini. I thought you were talking about Ministry of Education. <laughs> I explained everything, wrote letters upon letters upon letters. Of course, the first part of the letter is, I love you. I, but after the love, 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 and then we begin ministry. God has called you to ministry. We're going to preach the gospel. We're full time together. It requires sacrifice. Blah, blah, blah. Are you ready? I was asking her every step of the way. So when we've gone into ministry and one or two challenges came up, we were ready to walk, to face it. So a lot of people look at my wife and say, Oh, you have done well. You are so courageous. No, 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 no. God prepared us from the beginning. And we decided to give our lives a sacrifice. When my wife came out of school, she served with Trans International Bank. The bank doesn't exist again. And then she started trying to look for a job. Two years, three years. No, I said, very hard to be this. For first 10 years, no secular job. Just a ministry together. And it wasn't our church. We were serving on that school. My salary was 4000 our salary was $1,500. It's a life sacrifice. You didn't complain. Because in the midst of that, God told us, this salary is not your harvest. It's just a seed. So my wife will collect her allowance and just give it back to the pastor. Say, pray for me. God began to bless us. Somebody had a dream. This car does not belong to you. It belongs to these people. Give us a car. Everything was moving on fast. When, when you see me dress up in those days, you think I'm a banker. Believe me, I was always looking shy. Glory to God. But the glory of God covered me. It's a life of sacrifice. While all of us will not be called to ministry, but we are all called to sacrifice from one time to another. Are you with me? Are you with me? What about Solomon? In 2 Chronicles 7.5, the Bible says King Solomon offered what? Of what? 22,000 oxen. You see, 22,000 oxen. They say, okay, sorry, right, then you, you carry one goat that is already doing like this from the market, from Bodhiya market. He said, this is your sacrifice. He said, no, this one is has blemish. Take it back. I'm not interested. Solomon understood what sacrifice is. At the point in time they were bringing back the ark, the Bible said David was sacrificing thousands of oxen at every five feet, or is it five feet or six feet? When they take about a few steps, they say, Wait, we oh, yeah. are let blood flow. I see it must have been a picture of about 1,000 people with very sharp knives. When they say, Yeah, they go, fra, 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 fra. It, it was a bloody affair. The temple in those days was a bloody affair. If we are in the Old Testament temple today, hmm? all of you have your sacrifice, you be like, bah, bah, bah. the priest says, you don't tire. <laughs> blood everywhere. Why? Because we are saved by the blood. Glory to God. We are redeemed by the blood. Everything that was happening in the Old Testament was in time for the shadow. Before their sin could be covered, God said, I will see blood. No small blood, plenty blood, blood distort. That blood is there, can you read? 
So when Jesus was on the cross, the Bible says he shed all of his blood. Blood came out when they put the crown, he said. Blood came out when they beat him on the cross. Blood from everywhere. They used javelin, blood and water. By the time he was gone, there was not, not a single drop of blood on his body. He became the offerer and the offering carried his own blood and went to heaven to the mercy seat to sprinkle the blood. And the moment he sprinkled that blood, the Bible said the veil was torn in two. I mean, people could stand outside and see the Holy of Holies. For thousands of years, nobody could see what went on there. He said, let us now therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. It's because of the blood. Somebody shout blood. Now God wanted to save you and I. God said, I will see blood. Sacrifice. So he released his own son. I must see blood. Without sacrifice, I can't save you. Jesus had to come. How to go to the cross. It's a painful and agonizing thing. He went to the cross on your behalf, on that sacrifice. Now God is laying on your heart to give a sacrifice of 50,000. Ah, you don't understand yet. What Jesus went through. The Bible says his sweat was like great drops of blood. God said, I have to see blood. To save man from sin. So that they can come back to me despite all this atrocity they've done. Where is the blood? Where is the sacrifice? Who is going to go? <laughs> Jesus said, I will go. And because he has given, the scriptures say, because he has given his all, you shouldn't have any problem giving your all back to him. Why? It's a covenant. So the first thing God did was to request for the son of Abraham, Isaac. Because it's a covenant thing. So Abraham offered Isaac and he was going to kill him. God said, okay, okay, okay. Then I'm going to give you my son. And he gave us his son. And then he said, you have to give me your life. And he said, I'm going to bless you when you understand that your substance is to advance the gospel. I will increase you rapidly when you know that the reason God is blessing me is to advance the work of the gospel. Are you following me? So you come to church. You say, Pastor, what are the things they do in church? Pastor, don't worry. Fuel for generator, I'll take care of you. He sacrifices. Fuel. As long as God is helping, I'm going to handle it. Oh, Pastor, okay, you buy this, don't worry. That is what sacrifices. That is what your life should be like. A life given to God. Are you following me here? So Solomon offered 22,000 oxen, 120,000 sheep. So the king and all the people dedicated the house of God. Look at verse 12. And the Lord appeared to Solomon by night. Why? Sacrifice. And said unto him, I have heard thy prayer. And I've chosen this place to myself for a house of sacrifice. When God saw the sacrifice that Solomon offered, he said, Look, your prayers are answered. Forget about it. It's done. It's a matter of time. In Psalm 20, verse 3, 
David went back to God. He said, look, Lord, let the Lord remember all my offerings and accept my bond sacrifice. Now, first fruit is a type of sacrifice. And today is our first fruit Sunday. And I want to encourage every man and every woman to be part of it. You heard those people giving those strange testimony about financial seed, about this and that. What you don't know and what they will say on the pulpit is that one of them that was testifying gave her entire salary for a month that sacrifice last year. The heaven has to open. This thing is not giving. And nobody is trying to negotiate money out of your hands. A pastor is hungry. Pastor, no, I'm not hungry. I'm comfortable. Look at me very well. I earn in dollars. I'm blessed. I have major streams of income in dollars. I'm blessed. So nobody's trying to prophesy some money out of your pocket. It's for your advancement. When the church come together and give of their sacrifice and partake of what I'm talking about, the heaven opens. What you can't do before you start to do. And that's what we are experiencing in church. The tithe is increasing. People are giving more. Why? The heaven is opening. The heaven is opening. First fruit is a type of sacrifice. In Exodus, I'm, being, I'm rounding up. In Exodus 13, 12, he said, Thou shalt set apart unto the Lord all that openeth the mattress. This is why we do first fruit in the beginning of the year. The money that comes to you first. He said, You set apart all that openeth the matrix. 2020 is a matrix. It's a year, a new year. Every first thing that cometh of a beast which thou hast and the milk, he said, It belongs to the Lord. Again, in Exodus 34, 19, you see there, all that opened the matrix is mine, and every first thing among the cattle, whether ox or sheep, that is me. God is trying to say, when there's an increase, it's a new year, it's a new promotion, all that opened the matrix, that which comes to your hands first, it belongs to me. That is how I will sustain, promote, expand, and increase what you have. Are you still with me? In Exodus 23, 16 to 19, let the usher get those things ready quickly. It says, And the feast of harvest, the first fruits of thy labors, which thou hast sown in the field, and the feast of ingathering, which is the end of the year, when thou hast gathered in thy labors, said, Bring the first fruit. Then in verse 19, it says, The first of the first fruit of thy land. Thou shalt bring into the house of the Lord your God. Thou shalt not save a heed in his mother's way. Finally, in verse 22 of Exodus 34, it says, Thou shalt observe the feast of weeks. You see how feast and sacrifice and first fruit are coming together. Thou shalt observe the feast of weeks, of the first fruits of wheat harvest, and the feast of ingathering at the year's end. Glory to God. One more scripture and then I close. And then we pray. And then we give our sacrifice. Glory to God. In the book of Proverbs. Where is that scripture? Honor the Lord with your substance and the first fruit of your increase. Somewhere in the book of Proverbs. Proverbs 3 9. Sure. 
Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 9. Yeah. He says, Honor the Lord with your substance and with the first fruit of all thy increase. In other words, what God is saying here is that your first fruit is honor unto God. It's honor unto God. So he says, Honor him with it. I want to encourage, let's be on our feet. I want to encourage every one of us to be part of this. Listen to me. Let the heavens be opened over you in this year. By the end of this of this year, 2020, as you start to obey God, your life can never remain the same again. You will look back at January, you will be able to reconcile what has happened in the space of one year because you have honored God. The ushers will give us some sleeps. We need you to feel those sleeps. Why do we want you to feel those sleeps? It's your first fruit. We want to take those leaves back. Keep them. Speed, quickly. Make it fast. We want to take it back and use it to pray for you. As you honor God. Okay? So, I'll give you some ample time. During the offering time, you drop the sleep back into the basket. But we want you to fill those sleeves and indicate what your first fruit is unto God. Let's all be part of it as a church so that the heavens can be opened over you. I declare over your life this morning, the heavens are opened over you in the name of Jesus. As you obey God, you will unleash doors of miracles coming into your life like never before in the name of Jesus. I can hear your amen. You will see God like never before. In your finances and in every area of your life, in the name of Jesus. Can you quickly feel it? I want to pray for you. Can you quickly feel it? If you already know what to put there, put it there and go to pray. Test it out. Glory. Make sure you get the sleep. Everybody, fill it in. We're going to pray over that, over those names and over whatever you have given as first fruit and command the heavens to open. Because he said he gives seed to the soul. We are going to pray that flow of income, miraculous flow of income will come into your hands like never before. You will have enough as a seed and enough as a harvest in the name of Jesus. Fill those things quickly. It's your first fruit. And as you are filling it, let your prayer be going to God. All your expectation for the year be declaring it as you are filling it. And this year, this and this is done. My dreams are realized. My vision is a reality. That business is coming to pass. That contract is a reality. I want to pray over those leaves quickly. Let's fill them. Let's fill them. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Oh my, 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 my. Glory, 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 glory. You'll begin to see strange miracles that you never experienced before. You'll see the heaven open over you and yours. Oh my God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. One particular year, I was in a church. It wasn't my church. I went there to minister and they, they, are, doing, they are doing a building. They are, they are building. So this pastor is my spiritual father. 
So they raised an offering, sacrifice, to give towards the building. Listen to me, listen to me, people of God. At that time, I didn't have direction as to am I supposed to start a church or not. But here is a church and they are building a cathedral and they are raising a sacrifice. We are about to hold a meeting that requires a lot of money. I had 200,000 in the account and I had God say, give that 200,000 as a sacrifice. I was reluctant. Meeting is coming. How am I going to do this? But eventually, every time God speaks to me, I get to obey. So I wrote a check of 200,000 and gave it as a seed. This is what happened. In less than one week. Come on, say one week. It's, a, it's as if people did meeting among themselves. I had over a million naira sent to my account. By people, you know, some of our members online that usually give 2,000, 5,000. Over a million naira in less than one week. And aside from that, about a year after, God said, it's time to start church. My mind went back to sacrifice. That God, I helped out in building a church here. We are starting a church now. I don't have any money. God supernaturally provided everything. The place we rented for church at the time was 1.25 million. God supernaturally provided. Everything we needed in the millions, it just came. We moved here. We got a land. 1.5 million per annum land. But there's nothing to put on the land. We can't build because it's a leased land. The only option is a market tent like this. Went online, checked for the price of this tent. I'm seeing 30 million, 40 million, 50 million. I said, where do I start from? All of a sudden, God orchestrated events. Somebody was going to sell off this tent at 8.5 million. Then he brought it down to 5.5 million. When he saw that, I was the one that wanted to buy. And I told him, I don't have money. I will just send 500,000 and then we'll pay later. And then... He said, no, 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 he needs money, blah, blah, blah. He was communicating through somebody, not me directly. And at the end of the day, you know what happened? He said, come and carry it for free. One time, we do not pay for this tent. This tent we are inside is worth 19 million euros. I said, God, what happened? God took me back to that side. So when you sacrifice, in the brief moment afterward, it will, it will look as if you lost. That somebody had planted something in the ground. I have a But if you stay close to God, stay faithful, God will never owe any man. May the heavens open over you. Beyond what I've been able to do to explain and try to explain the scripture, may God Himself give you wisdom. May the spirit of understanding and light upon you. In the name of Jesus. I'm a pastor here. I want to dedicate your cars. I mean, you don't want to drive cars. Lift up that sacrifice. If you have done so, and let's pray about it. When we're about to give our offering, we drop it in the past. Lift it up. Let's stand up. Let's stand. Let's pray. Let's do this. Let's do this by faith. It's our first fruit. And first fruit is never to be given, you know, in a very careless way. It should be presented before God. So I'd like you to consciously present it before God and talk to God. Tell him about your expectation. Even though if even if those expectations are wild and unbelievable, talk to him about it. Tell him what you're expecting. No matter how unbelievably impossible it sounds, tell him it's a covenant. He said, Gather my people who have made covenant with me by sacrifice. And now we are gathered according to the word of the Lord. Talk to him, he's listening to you right now. 
We bring our force to God. We are not doing this carelessly. We are doing it deliberately, Lord. According to your word. That never falls to the ground. In Jesus' name we pray. Lift it up. I'm going to pray and declare the blessing. Father, in the name of Jesus, according to your word in Psalm 50 verse 5, that says we should gather your saints together unto you. Those that have made a covenant with you by sacrifice. We are hereby gathered unto you, O Lord. Making covenant by sacrifice. As we obey and give this sacrifice, Lord. We understand from the scripture that you never ignore sacrifice. We declare over our lives. In the name of Jesus. The heavens are opened over you today in the name of Jesus. You said in your word. That except the cone of wheat falls down and die. It abided alone. As the sacrifice is going into the ground today. We declare your advancement. We declare your expansion. We declare your prosperity. We declare your increase. In the name of Jesus. Lord, we pray for ideas. Over shouts of grace center. Ideas that will pass millions. Ideas that will bring dollars and pounds into the lives of your people. We declare it done in the name of Jesus. The blessing you will meet, your helpers of destiny, wherever they are on the face of the earth, by reason of this sacrifice, you are connected to them in the name of Jesus. Lando just Karish Belado Shabaha Ebrando Shalabaraka Nezunekeha I have been commanded to bless I bless you today in the name of Jesus Receive the blessing of God In the name of Jesus Ralo Zano Sakabaha You have turned into another man from today I prophesy over the works of your hand From today it moves to the next level in the name of Jesus, you will no longer be an ordinary person. You will stand before kings. In the name of Jesus, you will not just stand before mean men. From today, there is a change in the equation of your life. Your destiny is changing for good. You are advancing for good. In the name of Jesus, He is filling your mouth with laughter and your feet with dancing. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, when the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, now that's prophetic. Turn around in a circle. When the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, He said, We were like them that dream. That 
blessing that will come to your life that you will say am I dreaming may that blessing drop upon you in the name of Jesus when the Lord turned again in captivity of Zion who had again that dream he said pain was a mouth filled with laughter may God fill your mouth with laughter he said and our tongue will sing it may you sing in the name of Jesus the hidden side among themselves, the Lord has done great things for them. He said, Yes, the Lord has done great things for us. May God do great things in your life. He said, Whereof we are glad. Turn again our captivity, O God, like the scripture of the Sabbath. He now said, He that goeth for the sacrifice, bearing precious sin, shall doubtless come back. In other words, you will come back to share your testimony. In the name of Jesus. Nobody sacrifices and loses. It's a bloody affair. As you are slaughtering and sacrificing today, may everyone answer unto you. In the name of Jesus. He said, shall doubtless come back, not just empty. He said, rejoicing and carrying his sheaves with him. As you are coming back, you will carry those testimonies with you. Everyone will respond to you. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray and everybody shout. If you believe that your life just turned around, go ahead, shout, shout. a sacrifice. But notice he didn't mention sacrifice alone. He said feast. He said serve. So we must sacrifice with rejoicing. I said if you believe that this sacrifice you are giving has turned your life around. Make a feast unto the Lord. Yes. Yes. This is the end of the message. We believe you've been blessed. Join us at Shouts of Grace Center on Sundays and Wednesdays at Joker Plaza, Ibadan. God bless you.